0: To
1: Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Welcome to the Village Vision Podcast where community collaboration and care converge. I'm Dr. Crystal Morrison and I'm honored to be your host on this incredible journey. As a firm believer in the power of a united village, I'm thrilled to bring you inspiring stories, research, and projects that break down barriers in child and family care. Through heartfelt conversations with experts, advocates, and those with lived experiences, we'll showcase the transformative impact of collective support. So join me on the Village Vision podcast as we explore the remarkable collaborations that lead to better outcomes, foster a sense of community, and inspire action to improve care for ourselves and everyone around us. On today's episode, I'm here with my friend, Carrie Brockert. Carrie is an educator, leader, and advocate for students with special needs. Carrie is the director of Easter Seals Academy, a private kindergarten through twelfth school in Little Rock, Arkansas, that serves students with disabilities. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. So what I didn't say in the introduction is that Carrie and I actually grew up together in Southern Arkansas, so we've known each other for forever. But what I can definitely say, and Carrie, I know you'll agree, is that I don't think that either of us would have ever dreamed that as adults 40 years later, that our lives would converge in adulthood around our children's diagnoses, right? Like, I I don't think, I don't think we ever expected that to be in the cards.
2: Never would have crossed my mind. No, (laughs) never. (laughs) But it's a beautiful thing that it did happen. (laughs) Yes,
1: it is. It is. Carrie is also a contributor in our new book, Superheroes on the Spectrum, and that's a book that myself and Jeanette Paxia released, so I'm pretty familiar with Carrie's story, but as a parent myself with a child with disabilities, there's so many facets and layers to our journeys, and the story that she shared in our book is a very tiny sliver of her journey, but we're going to talk more about that journey today. So, you know, as I mentioned, I definitely want to talk about the Easter Seals Academy and the school and what that looks like. But before we go there, I really want to hear a little bit more about your why and the reason that you're doing the work you're doing now.
2: Yeah. So like you said, I grew up in Southern Arkansas and I had my daughter and she was diagnosed at age three. Right. Prior to that, my degree was in early childhood, so I was a kindergarten teacher, a first grade teacher, and then along came Maddie right and she opened my eyes to a world like you said I'd never would have dreamed of before,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so she met all those milestones early, but then looking back, I think you know some people will share their stories and they'll say that their kiddo regressed after a certain age right. or after right. whatever. I don't feel like that with Maddie. I, yeah. Looking back on it, I feel like she was our one and only. So we didn't know any different, but right. he never slept. And, you know, is it because she was spoiled? Maybe. But looking back, I think I think she was born with autism. Personally, that's what I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she was treated for colic, for acid reflux. She never wanted to be held, like swaddled. She wanted to be faced out. So she's mm-hmm. always had these sensory things. Mm-hmm. When... We started to notice, though, and get her on the wait list to get tested for autism was when the communication was missing. So she was diagnosed at age three. She was verbal, but limited, Uh not conversational still to this day. And right now she's 17 years old. But going back when she was originally diagnosed, my husband and I were both in education, and we hadn't even thought about special education at this time. So this is a very long story short, but no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> she was diagnosed and I thought, okay, I need to learn all I can about autism. Like you've right. heard about it, but how am I going to help her the most? Mm-hmm. Well, then, you know, I got her enrolled in a developmental preschool. So that village that you're always referring to mm-hmm. is so important. And looking back, if I didn't have the village I had, I, I can't even imagine how we survived. Really, I wondered that to this day, but. <laughs> there were some hard times there. Yeah. She went to developmental preschool. During that time, when she was like three or four, we had decided that we wanted to help more educators like us. We wanted to help more kids like our daughter. We wanted to help more parents like we were, who was just in this foreign land. And so I went and got my second master's in special education during that time. And then took a job and started teaching special needs in elementary, which led me to my current role and currently, like you said, at Easter Souls as the director and I run a K through 12 private school program. Mainly my why, though, boils down to I wanted to provide this environment for kids like my daughter who required a different setting than what she is, is offered in a typical public education and I have nothing bad to say about public education because there are some great ones out there, but often it's not conducive to our diverse learners as much sure. as we would like. So, so yeah, well, I took that role on and fast forward lots of wrinkles later and <laughs> sleep deprived not. She has taught me so much. I feel like it has led me My personal journey has led me to my professional growth that I'm in now. I'm able to be that support for the other parents. It's such a spectrum, as you know, but when you live it, you just, you just tend to get it. So that's right. It's like you're you're preaching to the choir. I get it. I can, I can understand. And I'm here for you. Like, let's figure this out. So that's the most rewarding part of the job now, obviously, Mm -hmm. and seeing the kids succeed, but also being able to help those special education teachers with best practices and the therapist and the just the whole team approach. Right, and what a difference that makes to a kiddo when you have everyone in your corner and right, everyone right. is looking at your specific needs. Right, and individualizing what it is that kid needs. So, right, we went from a teeny tiny <laughs> school five years ago to two campuses and a wait list, and currently have a meeting next week to build. And serve two hundred and fifty students. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. That's amazing. And and the thing is, Carrie, and I think we talked about this before, is even when you serve those two fifty, there's gonna be another two fifty on the waiting list, right? Exactly.
2: And mm-hmm. so it's
1: gotta be this constant expansion. But maybe you know, I, I think one of the things we've also talked about before is part of the work that you're doing there at the academy is also helping other teachers Learn best practices, and so helping them build capacity in other school systems, which is such an important thing too. Of course,
2: hundred percent. You know, we
1: talked about you, but I know that your husband also had a shift in career as well. Yeah, I was going to bring him up, and I
2: don't want to leave him out of this conversation (laughs) because it's a pretty dramatic shift too. Yeah. So let me let me rewind and tell you his story. He went from, like I said, I was the kindergarten teacher. He was the football coach, and we thought. We see these kids struggling that are, it's just like our own. Yeah. Often those kids can't come home and tell their parents what went on, you know, like they're, they're so, their language is limited. And so he went from being a football coach to going to law school and now he represents parents of special needs, Mm -hmm. specifically special education. So Our driving passion that has made us where we're at today, both of us, and never, like you said, in a million years would have thought we would have been where we're at. This wasn't the, you know, what I had in mind, but it's in some ways even better. I mean, she's, you don't take for granted anything, you know, it's those tiny, small victories that are huge that some people might just take for granted because part of life and it's just a huge step for us so I get yeah. to celebrate that with students and families now besides my own and, and think you know that's a huge they tried to new food and it's just like whoa yeah. we're gonna party <laughs> yeah.
1: no it's so true I know exactly what you mean and and I have gotten really good at celebrating those things and perspective and things perspective. That,
2: it's all about perspective yeah, you know mm-hmm
1: parents would say oh the fact that you know he did this that's not a really big deal I'm like no you yeah.
2: don't it is a huge deal actually and then and, it goes the other way too yeah. when you think about perspective if you're not educated on autism it's easy to say you can just spank it out of them that kid's being bad <laughs> that's a whole mind shift that I'm so passionate about like Every form of behavior, every type of behavior is a form of communication. exactly They're trying to tell you something they don't want to feel like this. So yeah. that, that's kind of my deep down passion that I just, yeah. and I probably would have been that person that thought, oh, what a brat or whatever. And right, now, sure. you know, you're in Walmart and you hear a kid throwing down with a meltdown. And I want to be like, how can I help that mom? What is that kid Exactly. <laughs> Versus... Let exactly. me get that belt like, off. <laughs> I know.
1: Like, that's just bad parenting. Right. right? And <laughs> to, to talk to about that just a little bit, because my son is just a few years older than your daughter. And when we've always lived away, but obviously all of our family is in Arkansas. And, you know, it's all We love our family. And he has a very close relationship with my my mom and and, and my family. But traveling and disrupting his schedule was always so difficult and so then while we're there there's a massive disruption and schedule in his eating schedule and nap time and all of that is off and his behavior is not great and there's always well you know you just spank him right or I intrinsically know because yeah, I had tried to spank him a couple times, to it backfired in the most Gosh. ugly, awful way humanly possible. You know, like, how am I going to tell my child who is hitting and biting other toddlers to behave, and then I'm going to spank them, you know, for, Agreed. he's very black and white. Yep. He's very mm-hmm. logical. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. You
2: don't hit as you're spanking. <laughs> yeah, like, no hitting.
1: Smack, <laughs> smack. Like, really? So... I just felt this constant, constant judgment. And it wasn't about just being in Arkansas. It's about just constant judgment in general. But it's compounded when you're traveling and you're going back and forth and everybody wants, you know, your child to love on them and give them hugs. And your child's like, oh, heck no, I'm not judging you. I don't know you.
2: (laughs) Right. Exactly.
1: and so it's just, it was very difficult. It was very, very difficult. During I that feel year.
2: like, yeah, I feel like too, with, with time, I have grown in my parent journey. So before yes. I always tried to wear like an autism awareness shirt because I'd be like, she's acting like a little hooligan. <laughs> with <Yes. my> shirt. <laughs> I know. Here's <laughs> my billboard. Yeah. But now I just. I almost, I want to, I'm like, let's yes. just spread some autism awareness. Let me just, I, I
1: agree. this is I agree. what this looks
2: like. And if, I agree. if you have questions, I'm happy to answer them.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I know one of the things that I've told people, and this is, you know, part of this conversation is we collectively as parents need to give each other a lot more grace. And even as parents of children with autism, we need to collectively do better giving each other grace because, you know, there's a lot of excellent support groups out there, hands down, but there's also a lot of support groups out there where there are some topics you throw out is like a grenade, like everybody mm-hmm. jumps on the bandwagon. <laughs> it's very if controversial. I said ABA right now. Right. <laughs> if you said ABA, if you said... Puzzle piece versus infinity symbol. You know, I'm not saying that language and symbols and certain things are not important. I'm not saying that at all. I
2: agree.
1: I'm saying that we all have vastly different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And if we're spending all of our time trying to find ways to attack each other, then that's our focus and not supporting each other.
2: We're defeating um, the awareness, which is
1: precisely. Right. Mm -hmm. Precisely. I'm Um, with you
2: there. Anyway, so Easter
1: Seals Academy does your school look like? What does a day look like for a third grader in your school every day?
2: I feel like we're trying to do almost a transformative type model that we would like. It's so individualized. It. I, yeah. I know every kid in public school is supposed to have their IEP and it's supposed to be followed. But this yeah. truly, like that's my passion when I hire someone. If you're, if you're here and you're here for the kids, we're never going to have a problem because that's all I ask. You give yourself 110% to these kids. You know, they mm-hmm. struggle enough on their own. We're going to be here to support them. We're going to conform the environment to their needs versus making them conform to our environment. Right, right. So it's a mesh of, you know, they all have different goals. So you might have a, you said third grader. So let's say we're in a classroom with third graders. Again, the, super big spectrum you have a kiddo who is learning their numbers one through five mm-hmm. then you have another one who's doing division right so their goals are going to be completely different they may be the exact same age we take the whole everything into perspective how they communicate if they're nonverbal. And they're able to have a device. The therapists are going to work with that kiddo and train them of how to give them a voice or just, Mm -hmm. you know, text, a picture exchange somehow that they can tell you what it is they're trying to communicate Mm -hmm. in the form of behavior or whatnot. So each of them have their goals. Our classroom sizes are small, which is, I think, a big, big bonus in that. We have like 10 in each class, around Mm -hmm. 10. The special ed teacher, a paraprofessional and then we just started the ABA program, which was—that's a whole nother episode we could do because I was yeah. very opposed. But again, it's about perspective, and yeah. the directors that Easter Sills hired is not what I had experienced with my own kid. Was sure, looking into sure, it, and sure, she's sure. all about the whole child approach. And so yeah. we look at what sensory needs that kid has, what emotional needs, what else going on. Not just you're going to comply with us. Yeah, you know. So we've got lots of supports in place with adults it's just it's very kid driven because it's so small we know what motivates each kid what triggers each kid you know mm-hmm. what most of what their pets names are <laughs> so, yeah. it's all about those relationships especially with these kiddos they have to trust us you know so mm-hmm. that's huge at our school we were talking
1: about the assistive communication devices and I'm going to be the first to admit, and I've said this before on other episodes, that for a very long time, you know, I had the assumption, and I think most people do, that if a child can't communicate, that means that they have challenges with competence, that they're not competent. So there's that kind of assumption that if there is, if they can't talk, if there is an inability to communicate, then they're not, Mm -hmm. they're not competent. And
2: it's another pet peeve of (laughs) mine.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I am (laughs) delighted to share with you that I've got that smacked in my face.
2: Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know.
1: So this idea that we have to believe competence first, because I can give you so many examples of adults who may have started using assistive communication devices in the last five to ten years, and they're writing books and sharing stories. amazing. and what people have are real around them are realizing is that they have absorbed everything for their entire life. And we, you know, those people presumed incompetent. And, and so just because yeah. you can't
2: speak doesn't mean you can't hear. So exactly. they're hearing all the things. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. that your view has changed on this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And for a long time, but I'm trying to speak into that more vocally, absolutely. make it um, more aware yeah. because that is. I see that a lot, and and it's easy to become a victim of that, even in the classroom, because mm-hmm. you know, as a therapist and a teacher's talking, you're talking about that kid, but that kid can still hear you. So yes. it's like like that outside, yeah, those kind of things. Yes, so.
1: yes, and I think even and also one of the reasons I continue to bring it up is because I believe also that parents of children who are autistic, we still think in terms of this linear spectrum with verbal and nonverbal. Right. And you know, parents who have children I love, I know. Are, I know. yeah, yeah, parents who have children who are highly verbal also assume incompetence for those children who are, are nonverbal, and it it could be farther from the truth. So I always like to talk a little bit about that because yeah, I've there are seen so many, examples. so
2: many success stories. Just one, for example, one of the students his first day at Easter Stills, he was running laps around the building. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't have any way to communicate. He was completely nonverbal. So we started him on the PECS, the picture exchange. He picked it up like that. So he started building, you know, I want, I don't know, drink. (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. then his vocabulary kept building. He ended up, he could make a sentence strip that's this long saying, (laughs) I want a, and it was like hamburger, chicken nuggets. French fries from Burger King. <laughs> <So we're> like, <laughs> now he's ready for a device. Anyway, yeah, it, his behavior though changed drastically. He was such right. a success story, and that was specifically with communication. Right, the kiddo yes. just had no way, and that was his way of being like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, so
1: exactly, he just, exactly. You know, nobody can speak my language, so well, I'm, I'm going to run around in circles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show you. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing.
2: So it's a game changer when you mm-hmm. can find that outlet for yes. some of the kiddos
0: with that.
1: So we're gonna wrap up, and one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, because you know Easter Seals is of course a nonprofit, is your school. I know relies heavily on donations. There's also tuition involved, but we've had the opportunity to talk to lots of people on the podcast from nonprofit organizations and. At the end of the day, it requires money, it requires donations, it requires volunteers, it requires people that are committed to the mission who are, you know, showing up regularly. And so if somebody wants to get involved or contribute to the Easter Seals Academy, how can you go about doing that?
2: That would be amazing because everything you just said is exactly accurate. I mean, like we couldn't do it without fundraising. And the website for Easter Sills is eastersillscom backslash Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And there's a donate button. Any amount would be so appreciated and helpful. It takes so much money to educate a kid. Anyway, Mm -hmm. well, it takes Mm -hmm. even more money if they have special needs because they require more support. So any amount that, you know, anyone's willing to donate would go to a great cause. That's fantastic.
1: Well, we'll be sure to have the website and your contact information in the show notes. But again, I think that what's really exciting is the Easter Seals Academy is delivering education and the way we should be delivering education um, to our children and not necessarily children that have disabilities, but just in general being able to appreciate the individuality of every child and their strengths and really leaning into those strengths.
2: Right. Is
1: is something that as a country and as an education system we have a lot of work to do.
2: Agreed. <laughs> but yeah. At our no school the hope is to become like a model center to show, wow. you know, the the best practices in how the kids are thriving because that's what made our school grow is that word of mouth, you know, sure, hardly sure. any marketing. It was just other parents talking. Sure, just like, we are going, exactly. Hey, look, I found something that works. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, what are you doing? Who do you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and me, you know, if you want to list my contact as, as a, however I can help sure. whoever that wants to talk as a mom to mom or right. as teacher to teacher or administrator or however I'm, yeah, I'm available. So, It it takes a village, like you said. (laughs) It takes a village, a big one. Well,
1: Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today on the Village Vision Podcast. I'm so grateful that you shared your story and your experience with our listeners. Well, thanks for having me.
2: I enjoyed talking to you.
1: Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Village Vision Podcast. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights from our conversation today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share. Thank you for being a part of the Village Vision Podcast on Word of Mom Radio. Take care and let's keep shining a light on the power of community collaboration and care. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong.
0: She Yeah.